Hello, what's going on today? We are here at Medusa Talks Movement on this lovely, lovely Monday, right? It is Monday. Yes, I know. I'm sitting here with the amazing Shakira Robinson as well as Topher Larkin. They are of Zero Pinellas and we're going to be talking about some community awareness um, and some acts of service today through the organization. I'm so excited and honored to have y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, you know, tell me a little bit about Zero Pinellas and what you guys you know have going on as part. So, Zero Pinellas is a collaborative project here in Pinellas County, and it is a grant funding project that started in 2018. So there are six different organizations that are involved. Um, Metro Wellness, Epic, Impact, the Department of Health, Baycare, Pinellas Clinic, AHF, and the AIDS Institute. So what we're doing is our goal is basically transmissions, and we're doing that through HIV testing, um, prep, awareness campaigns through digital and social, um, as well as case management for those who are positive. So we want to make sure that people are, one, learning your status, two, the importance of knowing your status and how it affects those around you, but also getting into care for those who are positive. So it's staying here because that's awful. I mean, really, it's, it's having that conversation, getting community involved. It's, it's uh, destigmatizing everything. So the most that we can do to just elevate that conversation and talk about it, that's what we're here for. Awesome. And it's it's great to have, you know, you guys in the organization because like that because, you know, there is a uh, unspoken stigma or even a spoken stigma. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, and I feel like when people know that there are resources around and people like you guys that they can talk to and learn information about it really sets a comfortable tone, mm -hmm. I would say, definitely. So what is the overall mission for Zero Penelope? So the mission is, like we said, to reduce new HIV transmissions within Pinellas County. Pinellas County is one of seven counties in Florida with the highest HIV rates. So HIV is very much real. It's very much here. Um, and it personally affects the Black community. So what we want to do is to make sure that in the process of this grant that we get the community to a point where we're now, like you said, like I said, you know, destigmatizing language around HIV and just having those conversations. Like a lot of normal lives that, but we'll be willing to go get services and go get tested um, and have those conversations. So then that all leads to a reduction in HIV transmission because we have to do the work to end it. 
Absolutely. And so would you say that would be success, you know, to lower the rates and Mm -hmm. to, you know, inform? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we operate with the 90-90-90. So 90% of persons in Pinellas County to know their HIV status. Mm -hmm. 90% of those persons who are positive to be into care and those who are in care to be retained into care of a reach of the first viral load, which means that they're no longer able to, they're undetectable. So they Mm -hmm. can't transmit HIV to others because they're taking their meds, they're returning into medical care. Um, yeah, and yeah, and as Shakira was saying, to increase that testing to, to get out there and um, and bringing, we have mobile testing there, so we can go out into the community, go to places where if they're not coming, you know, obviously we're in a COVID era, so it's hard to bring people, but we can come to you and, and make it accessible um, to as many people as possible. Awesome. Now, how responsive um, would you say, because I know you guys do a lot of events and, again, awareness, how responsive is the community thus far to your actions, to what Zero Pinellas has going on? Mm, Good question. I think, well, given the tenure of the project and seeing the growth, I think now people who are within the healthcare industry and who are within community partners, I learned the name, so I'm glad to see that. And I, I was like, oh, I heard of y'all, or oh, I know so and so, or I know this agency is a part of that. So we're getting that recognition, which I'm creating new partnerships and one source for people. But as far as the community, when it comes to testing, I think just HIV is such a tough subject that they want. It is the Black community, it's the Latinx community, it's, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. It, the conversation looks different. So I think that. Uh, the way they receive us is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and we have challenges about being able to just come up to and talk to us. The minute they hear HIV, something like, oh no, that has nothing to do with me. It's like it has a lot to do with you and your community, actually. So I think that it, it looks like a case by case. I mean, I have a background in, in, in community testing. So I sat at those tables and people, they see, they pick up a lot of things from somewhere else. They see your table. HIV, oh, oh no, that, that's not for me. So already there is that stigma, there's that taboo out there. And so, you know, we kind of want to be able to break it down. Like, okay, what's well, not for you? Well, do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? You know, here are some free condoms, here are places to get tested. So that conversation can always be there. It's just a matter of how that one individual wants to be. That is kind of our goal, is really to, you know, all it takes is one conversation, you know, be able to just them in into getting them the care that this is happening in their very community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is important on, on all this that it doesn't necessarily always have to do with the specific individual, but it's about the community as a whole. Family, your partners, your friends, your schoolmates, it's the collective. So I really commend you guys for the work that you do and the knowledge that you bring forth and the resources that you bring forth for the community. Um, how long has Zero Vanilla been a part of the Pinellas? So we started July 2018. We've been going for two years. Um, to work, but even after you know this project, and we wanted to be where, like I said, the community is now so comfortable with having conversations or recognize the agency for a part of this collaborative to be able to access those services. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing to break down the stigma of. Like, why don't we access these services? Then people are willing to access them. 
Awesome, awesome. Now, I know um, in the past week, uh, you guys had a very eventful uh, time mm-hmm. with, you know, the community and the different things that you guys have been doing. Can we kind of talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. So, um, December 1st uh, is World AIDS Day. It's one of the most, you know, globally recognized health uh, awareness day that there is out there. And so it's a celebrated every year on um, December 1st. Of course, this year, as with everything, looks a little bit different. So we still wanted to honor the, the tradition and the memories of those who have come before, um, through um, what passed before, and just have been part of the HIV and, and the activism community. So, um, so we assembled our, our team of, uh, of people to, um, to create these educational videos um, that we decided to release um, starting on World AIDS Day and lasting into four weeks. Um, dealing on different topics such as um, prevention and, and community, um, we had a really great um, lived experience segment um, that focused on two different generations, a younger and someone who was there at the very beginning of HIV and, and the correlations of like, what has changed, but yet what still is, is the same about the stigma and the shame and the fear. So it was very empowering and then obviously tying in what the HIV epidemic has in correlation to this COVID and then and the health of community and, and how this is all how this all fits together. So it was a very effective campaign that we did. Um, you can see those videos on our YouTube channel, the World Aid State Pinellas uh, or World Aid Pinellas World Aid State channel. It'll be in the link. But uh, but yeah, you can see those videos and, and you know we talked case management. We talked about all the aspects of it. But at the end, you know, we just wanted to get people aware of what is going on, and then asking them, now what they, can they do with that knowledge and information? How they can get involved? Awesome. Well, I love, love, love that, you know, again, that you, are, that you guys are active and, you know, bringing the community forth and things like that. Um, I do want to ask in a stages, uh, in a stage point of view, um, what advice you guys would give to individuals? So I want to state, um, Maybe what advice would you give to an individual that is curious about being tested? What info uh, would you give or motivation would you give to an individual that, you know, recently may have been tested positive? And what motivation would you give to someone who's been positive and kind of down? So kind of like three different states. What would you guys say in those in those? Hmm, uh, those are, I think, three, definitely three different conversations, um, three different tones. To encourage people to get tested, I I tell people to look at it as in like, you know, you have the the power of an eye value spirit. And I think to give yourself a peace of mind just knowing, like a lot of people have a fear because of the uncertainty or like what is for you my time or and it's it's more comforting having you know your status than to have the question of why did you know to go. I would say, you know, step out and that there, it's not a perception. Not like back in the days that people were long and healthy last day, regardless of the outcome, you still will be able to live your life. So, I heard people, yeah, like, make it happen. For the peace of mind of knowing, like, that's what makes it happen. Yeah, the first, for some of the first time, um, I, when I'm out, testing in the field, um, I always kind of congratulate the person 
especially if they're the first test, there's almost like this excitement that, that I get for them. Because, you know, this is their very first step in, in wanting to take control of their sexual health. So I always commend them for like, hey, this is your first time. And then, then let's just keep doing this, you know, in the future. So, um, you know, one of the main questions I ask people is, you know, okay, what brought you in today? So I know you don't just wake up one day and like, I'm going to get an HIV test. Right. You know, that's not, I, mean, I wish that was a thing, but there's a reason that people have been, you know, that are getting tested, either you got that phone call or worry or something, but it's on the radar. So I want to make it as comfortable as possible. So, so understanding why they're getting tested, letting them know that, okay, great, this is, this is, this is what you're doing for your health. Really good. Um, I mean, the results, you know, the test, you get your results in, in a minute. That was going to be my next question. Yes. Yeah, the results. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes, it takes really a minute to painless. Painless. The finger press. It's free. It's free. It's always, yeah, it's free. So, like, the end of these at home sits and, uh, you know, that you get up the drugstore, but now there's organizations that can give you at home So, it's free. Um, it, it's accessible. You shouldn't have to pay for it. You'll get some. You'll get some free condoms out of it too for later on. So right. you know. So yeah. So it it, it shouldn't. I, it's going to be the longest minute of your life. Yes. Um. But the, the peace of mind, as Shakira was saying, of, of knowing and knowing your status. So then now you can move on from there. You know. So yeah. So that's kind of the the first step. I would say. Definitely. Um. And for someone who was recently or newly diagnosed, we. I will speak for zero pills and saying that our testers and our we're very about they're immediately we're very supportive and kind of handling people throughout their process because it's a lot to process and deal with people that very different But I think it's encouraging to know like we are going to help this the best capable. Like that's health, mental health, physical health. You know what? What social determinants of health are depending on how our case managers are working. Like they're once the doctor appointment with them, Ubering them to appointments. Like we need food, we have food pantries, we support workers, housing, we have housing doctors. Like we want to get you to a stable place where then you can really just focus on your health. I think that that's the most encouraging part about where we are. That's beautiful because I was going to ask, well, how, how does the mental health, you know, play within um, this, the revealing of statuses mm -hmm. that may not always be uh, in a positive mm -hmm. light, um, but being that you guys are able to provide those resources as far as housing, support groups, um, advocates to go to the doctor's office, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. So like you said, that person and that individual can focus on their well-being. And on their health. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Okay, um, what was the third one? And the third one was for someone mm -hmm. that's been dealing with their status for a while and trying to just find different ways to kind of stay motivated and stay yeah. positive. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, uh, it, it correlates to what we were talking about earlier, the, the case management. You know, if you have all these different factors are affecting you, know, you, you know, someone who is with so we want to be able to get that person to, you know, that point where okay, that's not a worry anymore. You, know, you, you have the medication, you have access to it. You're at a level now that you're undetectable. The virus is so suppressed in your body that you cannot pass that on to somebody else. Okay, so now let's worry about, okay, 
you know, the food situation, you know, like making sure that you're seeing your doctor on a regular basis. So maintaining that healthy um, lifestyle that's healthy for you um, and, and just being able for you now to be comfortable knowing that, okay, you, know, you have, you're, you will be living with HIV for the rest of your life, but you will be living and this is how we need to be now. So, so really getting into that care and, and the services that are, that are offered because I think most people don't realize that there are all these services, you know, for anyone who is positive. Great. And those services, and correct me if I'm wrong, but those services are for anyone from any um, background speaking, from any sexual orientation speaking. Um, you are able to get those resources. I'm sure, and sure, anybody. There, there are programs, there are positive assistance programs, there are so many things that are out there. Um, but I think that sometimes people lack the information and don't know where to start. So it's important that sometimes you have to do the work for yourself or finding a person who you trust that information. But once you do, you kind of open up a new door to like, oh, wow, they have this, they have that, they have so many different opportunities. But I think it's taking that first step, being encouraged to do so, and saying like, okay, I know I have this, I have to deal with this, and I need to Asking for help is always that, that, that hard first step, mm-hmm. but that's why we're here, our organizations like us are here to make sure that we can get you in that right direction. Absolutely, because I'm sure after you make that first step, that is the hardest, and most it's a breeze after that, you know, absolutely. From a statistic standpoint, over the last five to 10 years, how has the uh, numbers of testing and, and cases can we reflect on that, how they may have changed um, within the last decade? Hmm, okay, decade, I can't really speak. The last five years, I can speak. Okay. Um, so I will say that there has been like a, a, a roller coaster looking curve, if that makes sense. So, like, there at one point there was a doubt, but now we're seeing a rise. Probably 20, 2016, 2017 data where there was a decrease that was happening. But now, and I'm speaking on Florida when I say this, um, now we're seeing another upward rise in the disproportionate rate. So now you see that. Um, Basically, like even right here, like 45% of our new diagnosis in 2019 was white. 36% was black. But so blacks only make up 18% of the population. So if close to 40% of black people are being affected by HIV, that looks completely different than 45% of white people being diagnosed. So I think it's important to see it from that lens because, yeah, by that time it's bad because it's still technically whites are the most. Newly diagnosed, but they make up most of the population. So that's for blacks to be second and not make up, you know, nowhere near close to half of the population of Pernod's County. That is the issue. Why is this happening? How do we help these communities to see that there's an issue with the first? I'll say that. Um, and then as far as you said, data and numbers, what the change testing? I think. Uh, we kind of talked about this. Like we have at-home test kits now. We have rapid testing. There are so many ways to get tested now. Even if you don't want to prick, they can do an oral swab. But they're just testing is now like the like a new version of iPhone every every mm-hmm. year. Like it's just new. It's something new. Um, so I will say that that has kind of kind of skyrocketed where it is in the office. Testing. So that was get by you. I have all these different options. I love 
yes, yourself. Like, it is, yeah. And, and also the most important thing is now there is a pill out there that can prevent HIV. So that is, that's what kind of changed in the past, uh, you know, really five years. So it's called PrEP. It's pre-exposure prophylactic. So now, and I mean, I, in, in, out of the community, we call it like, uh, you know, um, we call it um, birth control. So it's like, there's a, so someone who is negative can take this pill okay. and, um, you know, and really, you know, depending on, on the body, but, you know, within, you know, a month is that you can be basically resistant towards the HIV virus. So if it does come into your body, you have enough immunity built up where it cannot replicate in it. So this is great for anyone who, who is, who has a negative status, um, you know, who, and if they are with someone who is positive, it's great for, you know, relationships where positive negative, um, you know, it, it's great for so someone who wants to take that stress out of, you know, I, I have multiple partners or, you know, I don't use condoms as much as I should. So here's something that is out there now that I use that is free and accessible and that doctor's prescription, but that's where organizations like us come in, so that we can get you this access so that you can live your life. Now, there is, again, going back to stigmas, there's a, a huge stigma of um, contracting HIV and AIDS through sex and intercourse or, you know, uh, specifically, but there are other ways, correct? Mm -hmm. And what, what are those other ways that you can contract the virus? So those who use um, as drugs, so tear needles, mm -hmm. tear needles definitely are prop. That is uh, probably five percent. It said five and three percent, so eight percent of our. Uh, actually, I think that seven percent, seven percent of the males who contract the HIV in twenty nineteen and five percent of the females was through from drugs. It wasn't through sexual intercourse. So that's why now you'll probably see a lot of us. So we're exchange programs beginning to start because needles are an issue. But if you can't get rid of the drugs, you get the drugs off the streets. At least you get people safe needles to use they're going to use to prevent HIV. Well that's something that's you know maybe developing in the area soon. And then I mean uh, from pregnant Dave's mother, she's a child. Uh, but you did touch on the point that you know that HIV is is a sexually transmitted. It's, it's by blood only. So uh, so you know um, back in the day where, where people were uh, oh coughing on, <laughs> on us, mosquitoes, something like that. Like we, we now know that. However, that's still some information that you know while being out of the community, there are still some people who there are misconceptions yeah. on HIV. Um, Transmitting it and quote cures for it, you know. Right. So, um, so that's still out there. That's what we're still educating yeah. people a lot. But most importantly, yes, that it, it is sexually, it is through blood, um, it, um, you know, bodily fluids um, right. such as blood and semen and vaginal fluids, mm -hmm. um, and mother to child, you know, right. they're nursing. So, yeah. How soon is too soon to have a conversation with individuals about? Uh, HIV is aware. <laughs> um, according to County, that's not that's not a part of the school system currently. Which you know, that yeah, no, that's not really yeah. Sex within the curriculum. It's not as comprehensive as it could be. Um, so that's just my piece on that. But um, I'm not sure 
I can tell a person when they should tell so I have that conversation about their child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will make it known that you can get tested when you're 13, 13 okay. without a parent's consent. Okay. So you're 13, that's actually active, you can come get tested. So my answer would then be at least 12 or 13, you need to be having these conversations mm-hmm. because we're having kids come in who are getting tested, who are sexually active, and who are contracting HIV at an early age. You know, so it's important to have people when they're comfortable to have their phone, but also destigmatize the whole birds and bees conversation. Like, no, like we understand that children are sexually active a lot earlier than they have them previously. And even previously they were, it just was more hidden. Now it's more out there and people make it seem like it's just so taboo and it's not. If your child is going to be doing that, you want them to be safe about it. You want them to be sure that they're protected. I don't think early. Um, but once they're really comprehend and understand what it is about the body that's happening, happening. Absolutely agree. You know, um, like you said, things are happening nowadays a little bit quicker mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, if you're susceptible to STDs and things like that, you're obviously, you know, susceptible to the virus, you know, so I think that that's very, very um, important. Um, what do you think would be the appropriate time frame or rotation to have um, tests in? Like if I'm someone that um, wants to get tested and just, you know, be sure and have, like you said, told earlier, that peace of mind, how often should I get tested? So it depends on sexual health and your sexual practices, but CDC recommends once a year. Um, I believe so. Am I saying that right? Once a year. And even sexually active. Every, you know, every six, six months. months. Like, like, like going to the dentist, you know, twice a year. And you're saying it really depends on what type of activity you're doing. I mean, if you are, if you're the type of person who's always using condoms, then you don't necessarily have to get tested, you know. Now, if the condom broke, or if there's one time that you didn't use a condom, then yes, you should go and get tested. What is that window period? Uh, two weeks. So if there has been unprotected sexual activity, um, you get tested at least wait two weeks until you get tested to get a, a sure result. Yeah. Now, that could cover, you know, how many partners previously prior before, but if there was that one incident two weeks ago that you're worried about, then you'll know that that will cover all of that. But as I said, the, minutes have, the results come in about a minute. So, um, but yeah. So, so, yeah, about, about twice a year yeah. would be the safest yeah. thing, you know. But if you are a person who has multiple partners and don't use condoms, more like you probably need to come in a lot more often than that. And you probably look at friends. Exactly, right. We, you would be a great person yeah. to but talk about. There are people who come in mostly and just do the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, you know, right on time. Anyone wait, there's unlimited amount of time. Partner. Partner mm-hmm. testing. If someone's about to enter a new relationship, mm-hmm. we always encourage it. Like, hey, you know, like yeah. let's just, you know, let's let's let's. Right, exactly, right. So we've had partners. We have had couples come in, you know, getting a new relationship, um, which is also which is fun That's and really exciting nice. yeah. to be like, oh, this is great that you're doing this and you're having yeah. that conversation. Yeah. So yeah, it's very important. Like, don't make the assumption. I rather have the results, have the conversation. And normalize having that conversation. Yeah. You need first. I mean, first day, you're not saying like, hey, HIV positive or negative. But if you guys are going to be into getting sexually active, it shouldn't be okay to have that. And even people who are have been in long-term relationships. At the end of the day, I always tell people that, you know, it's like wearing a seatbelt in the car. You know, like, you may be the best, safest driver in the whole world, but you don't know about that idiot that's on their phone or maybe you're in you know. So you're only accountable for yourself. And so that's, and so you know where you've been, you know what you've done. 
that's all you can account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with that, you know. People will say, well, oh, my partner's saying I don't trust them. Then it's like, no, it's not about that. It's just, and when you go for a physical interview, you may not have to go every three or six months. Like, people may have multiple partners, but include that in your blood work. Like, you know, just for the peace of mind, just to make sure you got it. Nobody isn't stepping out because we've had clients, you know, at one right, who were married and faithful, and, you know, the partner then has stepped out and was stepping out constantly, and they never knew until they got sick. And they're in the hospital and not being told if they're HIV positive. So yeah. it's like, you, you hate to be in a position like that, honestly. Like, yes, it can be avoidable if you make sure. So that kind of piggybacks on the next question I have. I know I just mentioned as far as like um, ending up in, in the hospital and wondering why. What are some of the symptoms of an untreated person that may have HIV? Okay, so I guess it looks different. It will look different on um, one, how long they've had it and not know. So it progresses over time. Mm-hmm. So HIV is the virus itself, but it then turns into AIDS if you don't. So that's how you get AIDS. It's going to be killed out HIV first. Basically. So it would look different. You know, some people go in with like flu-like symptoms and it's just but everybody's like, you, you can have flu symptoms from anything. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, you don't want to be like, oh, I had a cough today. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't right. think of that. Um, you know, pneumonia-like symptoms, like it can look different. And, you know, lesions on the skin sometimes. Like, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing about HIV, really. That when I when I said when I'm testing people, I wish I could tell them that you know, like, okay, you get X, Y, Z. And you get a blue dot on your head, and that's what's going to. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to kind of, you know, look at yourself and be like, okay, did I have unprotected sex with someone? Was it in a situation that I wasn't quite, you know, like, okay, well, you know, like, so you're going to have to kind of think and work backwards that way. Because once it gets to a certain level, yeah, it's like for like symptoms, but we're in an age where, you know, <laughs> and yes, right now, and you're like, like sitting right. So you're going to be like, oh, oh no, like, what is it? So mm-hmm. it is one of those things where you. You're gonna to have to really look inside yourself to be like, okay, yeah. let me do a checklist to be like, okay, well, this may be a situation where, like, uh oh, or, or I, I put myself at risk, so I need to now cross yeah. that off. But yeah. I understand. You know, um, so it's again, it's just smart to to get out there and know to, yeah. to find out. You know, absolutely. Um, I know in prior in the interview, you guys mentioned a few organizations and um, partnerships that you guys collaborate with. What are some um, different organizations that spread the same advocacy as um, So I would start with our partners, of course. Um, so Epic Impact Partners in Care, they offer full services for those who are HIV positive as well as they offer testing, and they do prep at their clinic, which is next door to them. Um, Metro Inclusive Health, they also full services for HIV, um, sexual health, let me not just say HIV on sexual health services was um, The AIDS Institute focuses specifically on advocacy. They don't offer actual health services, but they're on the Florida State Legislature. They're making sure that the things that are being done and policy work are good for those who are looking for HIV prize towards that. AIDS Healthcare Foundation, AHF, Parkinson's Abuse Billboards everywhere. Um, they are national, but they also offer full services. Uh, who am I missing? 
um, the, from our consortium. I mean, I mean, community-wise, our mm-hmm. beloved friends at the Berg Cares mm-hmm. have been really great on the ground to activism mm-hmm. and, and getting condoms out there and, and having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, I mean, there's also um, youth programs that really, mm-hmm. you know, um, that help spread the educational methods, as Shakira was saying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not getting the education in school, but they can become advocates within their own community through these organizations mm-hmm. that will do it. Like, um, you know, USF has a program, Yes program, um, people are youth clinic, so yeah, so there are Department of Health, of course, exactly. Yes, Department of Health, exactly. But then, you know, now something that we're having heard is about getting more churches involved in these conversations because mm-hmm. people look at you know, church and specifically your black churches, you know, how that is core to our belief. And people find out a lot of things that sometimes are not true in churches and they create that then steer people away from not wanting to. People Is there anything else that you guys have 
you know, to share to the community before we head out today? Uh, the World AJ videos. So yeah. please, Stephanie, so we did a six-part six video series um, that is now on YouTube under Canellas World AJ. If not, go to Zero, Zero Canellas. Right. And on our Instagram, Facebook, all of that, you will find the videos there. Exactly. And, and you have to share them. It's just really good. They're short. They're not long. I think it gives you perspective for people who may not understand HIV. It gives you, you know, the lived experience people who have HIV. It gives you the experience for those who take care of those with HIV. The prevention of why is important. And then just us as a community having to all do our part. Let's normalize this conversation. Let's do and any any health fairs coming up? I know you know there's awareness days. Oh, we're throughout the year uh, the HIV does. So in uh, February it's National Black Unity Awareness Day. March is Women and Girls, and and April is Youth. So we have back to back. So but any type of health fair or community event that that is going here locally, we'd love to be a part of. Really get ourselves out there, start that conversation, and just find those fun, creative ways that we can have that conversation, you know, and the edu edutainment is what we call it. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, you heard it here first. I'm again here with the beautiful Shakira Robinson and Topher Larkin. It has been a lovely evening on Medusa Talk Movements. Mm -hmm. And y'all, it's, it's a wrap! A-B on the track, yeah.